Hello and welcome to the commentary for Lesson 371, Hosea 11 and 12. So if you didn't notice, there's a definite shift here in the focus. We go from focusing on God's wrath to God's love for Israel. The first three verses are especially beautiful and sad all at the same time. The Lord speaks through Hosea to his people. He says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and I called my son out of Egypt. But the more I called to him, the farther he moved from me, offering sacrifices to the images of Baal and burning incense to idols. I myself taught Israel how to walk, leading him along by the hand, but he doesn't know or even care that it was I who took care of him. Now, I know it's a strange thing to say that I identify with God, but being a mother of two teenage boys, I kind of do in this sense. You know, I raised these boys. I poured my heart and soul into helping to make them good people. So did their father. Um, But as a mother, you know, these boys are at the age now where they're learning to be men. And so it is natural for them to step away from mommy and focus on becoming men. And I know that's the way it's supposed to be, but it's still very hard. And they're in my house, and I see them, and I hear them, but I don't know. There's a separation there. And it's sad. It's They're here, but I miss them. They're slipping away. And like I said, I know that's the way it's supposed to be, but it's still very sad. So I can... So I totally get this, the way that God is saying, I took care of them and they don't even know or care because I totally feel like that. Okay, so um, verse five says, but since my people refuse to return to me, they will return to Egypt and will be forced to serve Assyria. Isn't it ironic that God freed them from Egypt and now because they refuse to return to him. They're going back to the place they started. You know, this is like tough love that a parent would have to do for a child. You do it because you love them and you know it's the best thing for them. You know that they're not going to learn when they keep slipping up over and over again and they won't come to their senses. A parent has to do the tough love thing, but they certainly don't enjoy it. It's a heartbreak for the parents. And I love this verses 8 through 10 where it helps us see just how much trouble God is having with this. He did not take pleasure in punishing Israel. It's very clear in this section of scripture that this tormented him as it would any father or mother who had to give tough love to their children. Verse 8 says, Oh, how can I give you up, Israel? How can I let you go? How can I destroy you by Ad- like Adma or demolish you like Zeboim? By the way, this is cool. Those two cities were cities of the plain that perished along with Sodom and Gomorrah. And that is supported by scriptures Genesis 14.8 and Deuteronomy 29.23. So that's just interesting. So when God says, how can I destroy you like Adma or demolish you like Zeboim? These aren't just random towns that God's referring to. He destroyed them by fire falling from the sky. So we remember that story of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
That was God's wrath in the fullest sense of the word. But then it says, my heart is torn within me and my compassion overflows. God doesn't like doing it. He loves his children. He wants to bless their lives. He wants for them to have a full harvest and the blessing of many children and food on the table. But he has to show tough love. You see his struggle, you you hear it in the words. Verse 9, No, I will not unleash my fierce anger. I will not completely destroy Israel. For I am God and not a mere mortal. I am the Holy One living among you, and I will not come to destroy. For someday, verse 10, the people will follow me. Now he's talking about the remnant of Judah. And I want to read something from my study Bible, okay? It says, The northern kingdom survived only two centuries after its break with Jerusalem. Its spiritual and political leaders did not help the people learn the way to God. So as a nation, they would never repent. Hosea prophesied its downfall, which happened when Shalmaneser of Assyria conquered Israel in 722 BC. Judah also would go into captivity, but a remnant would return to their homeland. And there's a reason for that, because Judah was different from Israel in that at least it tried. They did have some good kings. Let me read a little more from my study Bible about Judah. It says, unlike Israel, Judah had some fairly good kings, Asa, Jehoshaphat, Joash, Amaziah, Uzziah, Jotham, and especially Hezekiah and Josiah. Under some of these kings, God's law was dusted off and taught to the people. The priests continued to serve in God's appointed temple in Jerusalem, and the festivals were celebrated at least some of the time. And we see that in today's scripture too, because it says, uh, and I will make you live in tents again as you do each year at the festival of shelters. So God is referring um, in that scripture in today's reading to Judah And so we see that they do, in fact, still celebrate some of these festivals. Unfortunately, the political or religious leaders were unable to completely wipe out idol worship and pagan rites, although Hezekiah and Josiah did come close, which continued to fester until they eventually erupted and infected the whole country. Still, the influence of the good kings enabled Judah to survive more than 150 years longer than Israel, and that memory of their positive influence fortified a small group, a remnant, of faithful people who would one day return and restore their land and temple. Then when we get to further along in Hosea uh, 12, God starts talking about Jacob. Wasn't that interesting? He says in verse 2, Now the Lord is bringing charges against Judah. He is about to punish Jacob for all his deceitful ways and pay him back for all he has done. Now remember Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. So, but he clearly is talking about Jacob in this passage because it says even in the womb, Jacob struggled with his brother And we know that that was the case for Jacob. We know that that was kind of his story. It goes through details of things of Jacob. We know God is referring to Jacob the man from all that time ago. Now, remember, Jacob had a bunch of sons, and his sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. 
First they were unified, eventually they broke into two kingdoms, the north and the south. And Judah is the kingdom that Jesus eventually stems from. So there's a lot of comparisons with Jacob's life and Jacob's walk with God and how Israel as a nation, how the descendants have struggled with various things, um, but they need to come back to God, but obviously they're failing to do so. So one thing the study Bible also points out is that like the nations that descended from Jacob, he was also deceitful. But unlike Israel and Judah, he constantly searched for God. And at Bethel, he met God face to face. Remember, he wrestled with an angel and won. He, um, verse 4 tells us he wept and pleaded for a blessing from him. So he had a relationship with God. And although things weren't perfect with Jacob, he, we know that he deceited his brother and his father, and there were, you know, he was far from perfect. He was always striving for that relationship for, with God. Verse 13 says, Then by a prophet the Lord brought Jacob's descendants out of Egypt, and by that prophet they were protected. But the people of Israel have bitterly provoked the Lord, so their Lord will now sentence them to death in payment for their sins. See, Jesus hasn't come yet, and the penalty for sin is death at this point. Now, thankfully, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, that's not the case. Um, all we have to do is believe. But that's where God's at. This is tough love. But I love how you see in this scripture that he's wrestling with it. He it torments him to punish Israel. This isn't something he wants to do or enjoys doing, but he will keep a remnant in Judah that will spring forth and the Messiah will come from that remnant. So he's not leaving them without hope, although he does have some tough love here. But that's really it for today. I hope you all have a great day. I will talk to you soon.